0: Really a race like that. That was awesome. This is the Team Blaney podcast. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me, as always, is co-host Steve Mez. If it's your first time listening, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the Blaney racing family for two decades, and Team Blaney itself has been offering news, notes, and analysis to fans on social media since 2014. So go ahead and pull those belts tight and hang on as we throw the green flag on our recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the Yellowwood 500 this past weekend at Talladega Super Speedway. Steve, welcome back for another episode of the Team Blaney podcast, and I was hoping we were going to be playing that victory siren. We were oh, oh, oh so close. Um, But man, it it was definitely an interesting Super Speedway race. I thought maybe going into this one with all of the all the statements and drama surrounding the series and safety and everything that we might just see single file racing, except for stage breaks. But, um, I think that was out the door by lap two or three.
1: Now they, uh, when we knew they had to, at the end of the stages, at least had to, had to put something together to get some points. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the day itself as a whole is really, really good. Um, playoff racing is such a different thing because you, you do have to kind of think about surviving the whole race, getting, making sure you get the maximum finish that you can get and, uh, and getting stage points if you can too. So, um, what we saw was a pretty good day all the way around, uh, and the victory would be great, but, but my scenario lives on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it still could happen it's it still uh, it's happen. possible man um <laughs> again working. again if you want to remind folks it's ryan winning the, the championship without, without winning a race. race now that's it's a fun scenario i still and again ryan in his interview uh this race you know he keeps keep saying i want to like you know i want to win and you win. can see it in his eyes like i want to win like you know he comes out last year and wins three races and we're like finally we're those one win seasons are behind us you know, he's a multi-time winner. Now he's come. Oh, so close. So many times had fast car so many times this year and uh, another race where he, he came close again. Um, also is the first race of uh, four with a new crew chief on the pit box. And that was mm-hmm. miles Stanley. what do you think about that performance?
1: It was, um, you know, it was really good. Uh, we know that Talladega, um, was, is the type of race where everybody has, um, team orders first off, um, by, you know, Penske altogether, and then manufacturers orders. And, uh, a lot of the strategy is based on making sure that all that all works together. Um, we were talking before about command centers and, um, you know, a lot of the decisions on the day came down to the command center, uh, at Penske. Uh, making sure that their three guys did the same thing at the same time, whether it was a two tire stop, no tires. Uh, and they did a four tire stop, I think once or twice during maybe stage breaks. Um, so, uh, you know, those things were all executed. Great. Um, you know, he, you know, he's temporary. He's not, you know, he's not a change of any sort because he even said a bunch of different times we're thinking here. And when he says we're thinking here, it's because he's getting uh, the information from uh, the Penske headquarters and even the Ford group of drivers too. There's a text chain that goes up and down pit road with all the Ford teams. That's why they're always so well-organized as far as like uh, pitting together. Uh, they know what lap they're going to do it. They know, you know, how to get all of them in there at one time. So, um, but he did a great job of executing all that thing, those things, the, uh, the uh, crew members they've pulled in from the other uh, from the 21 team did pretty good job. Like I said, those uh, mainly two tire stops, although there was a four tire stop, I think in there, it was pretty good too. So, um, the, uh, the execution all day long by all those guys was really, really good, obviously. And, uh, Ryan, uh, did an excellent job, uh, keeping that thing straight <laughs> as, as we see that uh, during the race, there were some very squirrely moments there. Um, but, uh, they maximized and got, got almost as much, you, you know, you can't get too much more than what they got on the day, um, points wise. And, uh, they, they, uh had a very good weekend setting up the next weekend and setting up my scenario to to continue on because, (laughs) because you think about it, they got another stage point. So that's, you know, they've gotten two stage points uh, two uh, playoff points uh, from two stage wins uh, in these last two races. So uh, who knows, maybe one more of those. And those translate to the next round. And um, you know, like I said, the finish of the next round the next race should be, you know, has to be, I don't even know what it said, 23rd or something like that, or, you know, it, you know so they they shouldn't have too many problems making the next round and then we've got three pretty good tracks for ryan vegas homestead and then martinsville and you know it all depends on what the other guys do he's only got to beat four guys at that point and um you know if we get non-playoff winners winning races and so forth uh that uh, helps that too and like i said that scenario you just some nice top five finishes win a stage or two here or there in the next round and uh onward to uh, Phoenix, you know, I can see, I can just see it all happening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And if, if Bob Pockers was right, I believe he had posted earlier today that Ryan would need uh, with no stage points on Sunday, he would need a 14th place finish 14th. That's right. It's 23 points. Yeah. 14th place finish. So
1: any combination of 23 points during the day, and that's not including anything from anybody else that happens that's just on their own to get to a certain point total. Um, what's what could happen during the first stage is a good stage finish of second or third and the right two or three guys not getting any points in the stage. And he, you know, he'll outpoint those guys to the cut line and he could be in at the end of the first stage. Um, if, if, you know, if certain things happen, so yeah, I, I, cause you know, he can get five points here and five points there in the first two stages. And then as long as he doesn't wreck it and nobody wrecks him.
0: Yeah, we're in good shape. The other breaking news exclusive that we had on Sunday, just before the race kicked off, was the fact that um, they had a new crew member with them this week. It was Jean Haslier on loan from Alpine <laughs> F1 Team, uh, <laughs> lending his uh, expertise uh, <laughs> uh, to the crew members of Talladega. So, if, if uh, it was an exclusive to uh, the Team Blaney Twitter account? So, if you yeah, want to take a you, look at that, look back, go back, back, at, go, back a few posts. go back to
1: Sunday's, go back to Sunday's Twitter um, for for team Blaney and uh yeah it's a nice photo of him there um rocking that mustache uh, <laughs> we hope, did a great we hope, job. We, hope the, we hope the guys have a good sense of humor um you, were, <laughs> you, you did that last week and you showed it to me last week and you're like should we do this and I'm like you know what let's have some fun and <laughs> I'm glad you did I'm glad you did we came up with a nice backstory and uh like I said I hope uh hope Jonathan the guys at the shop got a good laugh out of it uh uh maybe you ease the tensions a little bit, uh, during the week last week, you know, or during Sunday, really.
0: So, All right. So let's do it. Let's jump into our recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the Yellowwood 500 this past weekend at Talladega super speedway.
1: Yeah. Another Twitter thing that happened during the race is, uh, my pen. Did you see my pen died? Dad, RIP. R.I.P. <laughs> to the pen. Oh, my wife's next to me. She's like throwing pens at me and then she's like, she pulls it out, pulls out the, the inside guts of it. And it's like, it's empty. It's just totally drained. I'm like, oh. Yeah.
0: If people don't understand what happens here is that I kick back on the couch, sometimes pull up an in-car camera, you know, have my chips and pizza and whatever else and just enjoy the race. And Steve has notebooks that he just feverishly takes notes with and apparently goes through pens like crazy. So, mm-hmm. um, that's what's happening on race day. Uh, so if, you, if anyone ever wonders who does the most work around here, it's, it's probably Steve.
1: <laughs> I, I enjoy doing it though. That's the fun part is, um, yeah, the, the note taking and it's totally different this weekend because Talladega, the way it's, you know, the racing. I'm not going to tell you he passed this car. He passed that car because you didn't every... get
0: you didn't get all 57 lead changes uh, oh in the man. laps that they happened.
1: on. No, we, ah, did not, okay. we did not play with that. We took some generalities on this one. Um, but last week I was saying it was six pages of notes, but it's actually 12 because it was six front and back. So this week is 10. Um, I scaled back a little bit. tried to take a break. But once again, like I said, I wasn't keeping track of every pass that, that Ryan had and, 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 you know, anything that happened there. So, uh, Saturday qualifying, like I said, they should have just canceled it, but, but they went ahead and did it anyway. Um, he ends up 19th and we know, we know that the car's trimmed out for race trim at that point. Um, and it's so funny because they don't miss by much really, but if the wind blows the wrong way down the front stretch or the back stretch for those guys, it's too, you know, it could be a 10th and that 10th is five spots but we know that when the racing starts it really doesn't matter so
0: So quite honestly it did not matter (laughs)
1: no yeah because the 20 gets the pole and you know what kind of day does the 20 end up having you know um stages of 60 120 and 188 uh seven sets of tires fuel window of about 34 to 38 that becomes important later uh, to the rear, we have the 8, the 23, the 45, and the 78. Oh, and on Saturday during that, did you see the 8, uh, the problems the 8 had with its brakes hitting the uh, official?
0: Yeah, that was that was really unfortunate. It was one of those, it's like such a weird thing because it's like happening almost in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mainly just because I don't think she knew that was going to happen. But yeah, yeah. Tyler, you could tell he's pretty shook up after that. You know, they're trying to ask him, you know, about the damage to the car. And he, you know, he's like, I don't, you know, I don't care about, about the damage, damage to yeah. the car at this point. So crazy. Um, yeah.
1: It, it was crazy interesting because they, when they pull in, they pull in on an angle too. And it's a good thing they pulled in on an angle because when he hit, hit her, it knocked her up over the wall. And that was all that happened. And, you know, she got a pretty good bruise or, or, or bump, I'm sure. But if they would have pulled in straight flat against that wall, he would have pinned, she would have got pinned to the you know, to the wall uh, would have been real bad. So uh, it's just one of the things I saw on Saturday. I thought would bring it up, but uh, it, it's something to do with the smaller brakes that they have on, on these cars for Talladega that um, uh, during the race, uh, a couple of times they were going to pit under green. Josh mentions to Ryan to make sure your brakes are set right. Um, just so that they, you know, because you're, you know, going 200 miles an hour and not thinking about that kind of thing. Um, so Josh reminds him, a couple of times when they come to pit on a green. Uh, so yeah, 823 to to the rear. Um, and then the, the helmet switching that happens while they're on pit road before the race. Um, for me, it's totally scary because, uh, I'm listening to the communication to me. It all sounds fine. You know, from where I'm sitting, I'm getting it and I can hear this guy and I can hear that guy. And I know this voice and, uh, there's the new guy's voice. And, uh, but for Ryan to not hear his spotter, uh would be horrible yep. and it would
0: probably be dangerous and they would make him come down like if they you sometimes teams will try to hide that for a little yeah. bit yeah uh, but it becomes very clear that they're having an issue and honestly if, um, i know you're paying attention to that but the tv broadcast was actually running through like some scenarios and talking about ryan and i'd like hadn't looked up because I, I was probably tweeting or something at the time and i look up and they're talking about ryan and i'm like why is he out by himself <laughs> like mm-hmm. what's going on there why is he and um and, yeah then they finally catch up and say oh they you know they had to go down pit road and have, have some communication issues well uh, one thing that happens and you mentioned fuel you know, the fuel window here um they actually and you might uh, might have this in the notes They i think it was josh or somebody who came on and told ryan to watch how fast he was going when he was trying to catch up specifically yeah. because guys were already saving fuel at that moment
1: yeah yeah and 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 because he was you know if he would have floored it, he would have used a little more fuel than anybody else just to get back up to the pack. So, um, he tried to tell him he had enough time to get to where he had to, to be careful saving and so forth. Uh, uh, he pit stall, he took, he got pit stalls too, which I found extremely interesting and kind of cool. And it works out really good on the day because he ends up being the, you know, the front first Ford on pit road, um, by doing that too. Um, Roger comes in on the radio a um, bunch of different times during the race uh, when when the action is calmed down when there's a caution or, or a stage break you know and uh, so it's kind of cool he comes in uh the in-car camera wasn't working at first No, I think it's for uh, a lot of people too yeah, yeah. I was um kept checking back kept checking back because uh th- this is one race that it really is helpful even though it's right through the windshield it's still so cool especially when he's leading <laughs> it's so yeah. cool to see you know every once in a while you'll see something creep up on his left or his right but then uh, then you know he's out in front uh, It's a kind of a cool camera angle um so yeah uh go ahead and start two laps in ryan uh Runs in there in the low lane, running about 20th to 23rd. The 10s leading at that point. Uh, lot five is back to 28th. And this kind of will happen anytime you're back in the pack. Your line, their line moves a little better, gets organized a little better. Um, you know, there's a middle lane uh, at some certain points. Um, Josh is, you know, I hope Josh got paid by the, by the word on, on Sunday. Uh, because his instant, you know, his information is constant. And if you go to his um, Facebook uh, or Instagram uh, stories right now, uh, this is Monday night. Um, he posted a picture of like 10 or 12 batteries that he had sitting there that are all recharged Now he went, you know, and he changes these things on the fly during the race and pretty much doesn't miss a beat, but um, that's incredible how often he had changed batteries. And that's because he's not keying up the microphone constantly and uh, it's interesting because he will sometimes not encourage Ryan because i mean this, these are things I'm sure they've worked out ahead of time, but he'll try to tell him if certain is moving a certain way or certain guy is pushing a certain way to try to help Brian to get to a better position, basically uh, within a line. Um, then we get the lap seven of caution for debris with the 42's window and ryan was on the radio right away he's like somebody's window just flew by was, josh was like what
0: <laughs> and they and, got it uh, they had a good view of it on on tv uh, too it was uh-huh. kind of cool to see i guess and it uh, was
1: fly well it was cool because it didn't hit anybody yeah that helped but uh, but it flew up and over to the right hand side of ryan is his his line was coming through there so um miles says they're uh, thinking uh, mustang here um the pitting for two tires uh and they know they have to pit one more time here the two car gets a penalty uh ryan's back to 21st here and uh the one car is leading on the restart lap 12 um the lap 15 to 43 is leading and the whole field's two by two ryan's back to 20th at that point uh lap 20 they try to get it three wide for a little bit um i hear those horrible words bottom of three <laughs> bottom of three top of three middle anything with three in it and you know, not a good thing to hear uh talladega is a little wider than the daytona but still not a good not a good thing to hear lot 24 we get a caution there um for the 47 turn the 21 It's kind of collected up a couple cars involved the, the 22 48 23 62 end up in the middle of this um and uh they they go low they get and then avoid it and once again uh you guys really should listen to get the app and listen to Josh, <laughs> especially during races like this, uh, because, you know, you know, the go low, go low, go low. OK, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, the things he's telling him, um, maybe Ryan needs it. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he can see it all through the windshield, but it really is helpful to have that voice because uh, because the, the, the way they're in those head restraints, the way they're looking at the camera on the right hand side, they've got that backup you know the camera that shows them what's behind them. But sometimes the peripheral is, is a little hard to do. And if the yep. mirrors aren't line, you know, they line those mirrors up and they try to make sure they're good. But the reality is, is it's all great. When you're all going 180, 190 miles an hour in a pack, um, you know, you've got, you know, at that point, Josh is giving you how many, in, you know, how the guy in front of you and how the guy behind you is pushing and how much of a gap they have on the guy in front of them and behind them. But when things happen and something's sliding down off the banking or going up into the banking or, you know, coming across sideways, he's the guy that picks that up and can see it better than anybody else. So, uh, you know, all important.
0: And this specific incident was actually one of maybe two or three times in the entire race that a third lane uh, formed and was actually moving. So Stenhouse is leading that outside lane and it was actually making some headway the 21 jumps in front of it as you know, anybody, not anybody, but a lot of guys would do to try to, you know, grab onto that momentum and move forward, but couldn't take the push from the 47 and as you were saying, the importance of Josh here and the vision of Ryan, like this car, the 21 and everybody's coming from all the way at the top of the track and Ryan's on the bottom. So, yeah, I think the go lows are important here. Very, very close, you know, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a couple feet from being collected in this accident. So um, and it was good to see, uh, you know, I think only two cars were at, out of the race in this one. I think the, the 21 and the 23 uh, at that point, but uh, most of the rest of the field or anybody that's collected and it actually did keep going for the rest of the day.
1: Yeah. Um, so uh, My, uh, Miles uh, says they're thinking yellow here, which is a fuel only stop. Um, and uh, it, <laughs> it's a pretty good one. Um, so Miles and Ryan talk about the, making it to the end of the stage here on fuel they're close enough at this point where they might be inside the window and um ryan starts uh, p3 here with the 18 leading uh they restart lap 30 and at lap 31 the high lane is leading uh, till the nine comes down so we're starting to see some dicing a little bit now where a guy one certain lane pushes through if it pushes through the guy may peel down try to cover the other lane if the top lane gets a run and he can't cover that lane then all of a sudden a new guy may pop out there uh, so we get a little bit of this uh, the 9 the 18 and 12 are all in the low lane together uh lap 35 the 99 takes the high lane and does the same thing and takes the lead here then lap 36 the 10 does that you know taking the lead so the high lane guys get get the run they push forward then they take the lead the, the 11 does the same thing in the next lap um and at this point let lap 37 ryan's in the low lane and he's now 10th now he was third <laughs> just a couple laps ago, but this, this, this kind of cycle happened a couple times here and, um, at lap uh, 40, the 10 and the 11 are swapping the lead, um, both lanes back and forth. Ryan, like I said, is running about 10th at that point, uh, lap 43, the, here's a cool thing. The 22 comes down behind Ryan. And uh, this is kind of good because now they kind of team up for a little while uh, heading toward the end of the stage lap 45. We got a caution for the seven car. Um, I have here right front tire blue. I don't know if it, that's, you know, that's not good. Um, yeah. Usually- he,
0: he came on the radio just say, you know, saying he cut a tire and I, it's not funny because what happened, you know, a couple weeks yeah. ago, it wasn't funny, but um, people are you know, here we go again with the tires. And I'm like, you know, immediately this is this is not going to be related to that. And guess no. what? It was not related to, to any of that. And Corey, you know, he didn't say blue attire, He specifically said cut a, tire. Cut a think, tire. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that's, and that's why I'm saying this isn't good. That's what I mean. It's it's um, they're not having tires blow. Good. Goodyear brings a really extremely hard tire. And that's why a lot of these teams do some two tire and no tire stops. Yeah. Um, because they they know that uh, they, they don't want anything dangerous to happen with a pack. Um, so he had to run over something that, you know, that caused a caused that, uh, leak, um, right. This 11th, this point, the 11 cars leading, um, and, uh, the we get to the restart here and Josh tells Ryan that's 22 will push. Just let him know if it's too much. So, you know, restarting a lap 50 here and they're up to eighth with the 22 pushing, um, like 54 the 47 tries the third lane it fails and at 65 here it's the 9 18 the 12 leading the high lane uh but is intent you know so the lower lane's ahead a little bit but they're pushing forward um just kind of depends on how organized that lane gets at lap 57 the 24 is trying to lead both lanes at this point he's trying to you know manage the runs from both lanes um the 11 takes the lead runs up to fifth at lap 58, uh, he's up to fourth and then at, uh, lap 59, Brian gets his lane going and, uh, it <laughs> pushes to the lead. That was pretty good. They were, uh, it teamed up there and, uh, he got some help. Um, and then, you know, we win stage one, right at the line. It was uh, pretty awesome. Um, there was a huge celebration at the house here. <laughs> High fives, dog barking, um, you know, my wife sending out tweets,
0: (laughs) you know, yeah. I mean, I was pretty pumped up because it's a big deal because 10 stage points immediately, which Mm -hmm. he really needs, you know, when we're points racing. And again, Mm -hmm. you mentioned at the top of the show, another playoff point, you know, second playoff point of the round that will carry with him through, you know, hopefully all the way to to Phoenix. So, um, it was a pivotal moment is also one of those times, you know, he's won a lot of stages on super speedway, specifically like Daytona. Um, And I I always say, you know, this was a dress rehearsal for the finish of the race and it was what was cool about it. And it just shows you how, you know, anyone basically in the top five or six could win on the white flag lap. And, you know, Ryan wasn't leading. I don't think, you know, on the on the white flag, you know, he came from, you know, basically, I think like fourth or fifth in line Mm -hmm. um, just with the way the lines were at that moment got that huge surge coming down the front stretch and everyone has to remember mm-hmm. um, the, you know, the, the start finish line at Talladega is toward turn one. So it's not at the center. So you have way more time to get a run to the finish. So um, yeah, it happened and just, and gets it was,
1: it. and it was actually the two car. Yeah, the two, pushed, the two car that pushed him at that point. It wasn't even yep. twenty two. I don't know how or where the twenty two got shuffled um, in those laps there, but the two car actually ended up on his rear bumper. Yeah, yeah. The three and, Penske
0: cars lined up. We got lined yeah. up. I think maybe ten or you know fifteen laps to go on the stage, and they they hung together. And it, you could see. I told you. I think in, in the text right after that, like the two was a little bit hesitant. Like he was trying to bounce around a little bit to see what he could do, but then eventually just com- you know it looked like he realized he wasn't going to get anywhere committed to Ryan and, uh, pushed him straight, uh, and true Mm -hmm. (laughs) across the finish line.
1: Yeah. Got the Fords lined up. Um, this point miles says they're thinking four tires and fuel, and they're going to be going on the fuel. Um, once again, like I said, these, these strategy calls all kind of come from command center, uh, at a race like this, uh, they're looking at, uh, trying to stay together with other guys and, you know, trying to set up the next couple pit stops uh, so if they take four now and there's green flag pitting in the next stage then maybe they won't have to take tires or only take two or, or whatnot um so goes in first but comes out fourth now three uh, guys in front of them either took two tires or no tires yeah that so, wasn't
0: bad i thought they were I gonna come out like real, 15th and yeah. yeah came out fourth i was like came oh
1: okay pre- pretty good so um you know, Roger comes on a few times here to say good job to Ryan and the crew. Um, they'll get the restart at lap 66 and fourth. Uh, he pushes the 43 to the lead. Um, the 60 at lap 67, the four car pushes Ryan to the lead. And um, it's kind of cool The lead again. Um, but um, <laughs> at lap 72, <clears throat> excuse me, Ryan talks about bailing. <laughs> he says, I don't want to get wrecked up here. <laughs>
0: It got, it got a little dicey and honestly i would mentioned this to you kind of offhand but you know the one making the huge moves was ryan but he was also getting uh some pretty massive pushes uh what was this the the moment when he was getting the pushes from the four or i can't remember yeah four. so the four so, time. so you know harvick uh, was pushing him you know in some points through the turns. Uh, i mean the one was doing that at some point later too but his pushes specifically down the front stretch though were relentless and not always centered (laughs) no
1: and 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 uh, they make a move here and i I know the tv broadcast um uh you know the i says the announcers are i got (laughs) you don't want to know exactly how i put it um (laughs) but they're talking about you know and juniors and unfortunately junior is somebody who understands plate racing really well but uh He's talking about, you can't give up the track position. You can't give up the track position, but as we find out, um, it works out. And one thing that this triggered to me, if you watched, you're watching what happens. Okay. So he's getting squirrely up there. Guys in the front are worried about a crash happening. Uh, he bails on the thing, you know, and you watch him go by and you're going, why is the best guy out here getting out of the way? Something's going to happen here if we don't calm down. And that's what ends up happening is it causes the whole field to kind of calm down here. The 10 takes the lead and I've got the next, I don't know, 10, 15 laps Where the 10s leading that they now they'll get totally single file, but one lane pulls about 10 or 12 cars ahead of the other lane. Um, Ryan kind of, you know, here, let's see, uh, by lap 83, he's 21st and he's not even attached to the lead pack at this point. He yeah. kind of loses them a little bit. Um, at lap 85, um, Ryan is in the back up to 23rd now and they're trying to get back to the the lead group. And like I said, the 10s still leading um, and Ryan. Oh yes. Cause there was a bump there from the six car at one point earlier. So they were discussing whether he got any damage from that. Cause he's, you know,
0: yeah, it was a weird situation too, where, you know, I think Ryan came up and threw a block and then the six decides to just take him three wide in a move that mm-hmm. was not going to work. No. But yeah, Ryan does block him pretty hard. They do make contact and yeah, uh, lucky it wasn't bigger, but it was a weird thing. I thought that Keslowski did it in that moment um, to try yeah. to take it so, three wide up there. But yeah, I, I think
1: that's part of why. And that's part of why he bailed at that point, I, I believe. So um, lap 90, he's back to 28th here and uh, Just hangs out. Lap, yeah, <laughs> not 95 uh, miles saying the snap-on or Mustang is going to be the call in their 25th. Um, so the next two or three laps, they do a good job of getting their grouping up to the main group again. So they're all part of the, the big pack at that point, uh, lap 98 they're pitting. Um, and are just five seconds of fuel. That's it. He counts it down five, four, three, two, one real slow. Um, and then at lap 99, the 20 spins out coming to pit road, no caution. That was kind of interesting. Um, Lap 113, uh, there's still teams pitting. So, certain groups came in together and some of them tried to hang out longer and hopefully, uh, you know, have a caution happen or something. But um, as it all com- completes uh, the cycle, the eight is leading and Ryan's up to about 13th. So, you know, for losing that track position, uh, they got some of it back just on a pit
0: cycle. Um, See, that's what I think when you're talking about junior, you know, I don't think he was taking into account pit strategy in right. the fact that on this next pit, you know, Ryan at that break took four tires and waited on fuel. So they could do a fuel only stop in this next stop, which immediately helps gain track position. Plus they pit first, which sometimes has its advantages as well, as long right. as they all get on and off and get up to speed properly, yeah. they can come back out with lead. So I don't, I think he wasn't thinking about that at that moment. Yeah. Um,
1: lap uh they kind of come back together a couple other things he drops back a little bit in the middle here at lap 106 there in the low lane back to 22nd here um at lap 107 they swap lanes again uh with the 22 pushing him um by lap 115 8 and the five car swapping the lead and ryan's 17th um and by lap 120 the nine ends up winning the stage and ryan's 17th so you know and the
0: eight, eight runs out of fuel in front of the field to come in you know i think it was to the white or something like that too so that's a scary situation and that's you know a team that was pushing it uh maybe they wanted to stay up with the the rest of the people they pitted with but yeah they were right on right on their mark and actually ran out mm-hmm. so
1: um miles says they're doing gonna do four tires and fuel here they discuss uh right. So it's discusses how he thinks a wreck is, is, is coming. Um, they tell him we're going to go on the Jack, uh, but we'll be waiting on fuel. Um, and they gained (laughs) four tires and fuel. They gained six spots according to this on pit road, four tire and fuel stop. So I don't know if some guys or some teams are just lax and they were just like, or they were trying to put more fuel in or, or whatnot, but, um, uh,
0: which I yeah. do think in this situation is possible because you yeah. might mention it a little bit further down the road. Uh, they talk about they it right get, here. miles yeah. thinks
1: about coming back in right here yep. to top top
0: off. And then right. a lot of people do um, come down yeah, and My- top off.
1: Yeah. Miles leaves it up to Ryan. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> they move up to 10th as some of the other ones come in and top off. So, uh, Roger comes on to tell him that, uh, where he is in the in to the cut line at this point, uh, it's just kind of cool.
0: Um, but yeah, the full, the fuel mileage stuff toward the end of this stage, it gets talked a lot about on the TV broadcast about them being concerned that they're, you know, I think at one point they said, Josh tells them and you will, you'll bring it up. You know, he's right on yeah. the, right on the line on the number. So. Yeah.
1: Um, Josh at this point tells him if it gets sketchy bail. So if it, you know, if he thinks it's going to be, you know, crazy up there um we got nine leading the restart at one, 126 line nine is in the low lane um and lap 128 ryan's in the high lane gets it up to sixth um he's got the one and the six behind pushing behind him the 17's leading the low lane at this point ryan gets it all the way up to fourth uh, lap 131 the one takes the lead with ryan in second and then uh, lap one thirty four, the one leads. Ryan second. The top five are all single file, which is really cool because you can conserve some gas when you're the second guy in the line. Um, at lap one forty, the top ten guys are they're 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 out in front of the other group. Um, and at lap one forty five, the other lane catches up. Here we're still second at this point. Uh, lap one forty eight, the other lane has you know, challenging for the lead now with the eleven car challenging the one. Um lap 150, the top five are single file ahead of the low lane. Miles asks, save as you can, you know, which you know at lap 152. Um <laughs> Ryan gets a little squirrely. Uh the one goes low. Um but at lap 153, <laughs> Ryan takes the lead in the high lane. Cause if This so, is
0: what actually gives him the lead here is that you know he does get squirrely pushing the one, mm-hmm. and it actually comes to his benefit. And then you know, for here on out for a little while. This is like typical Ryan Blaney super speedway racing where he, yep. they Penske cars want to get up front. He wasn't, he didn't have that much help from them, uh, I think, just based on different strategies, but he gets up front and controls the race. Mm-hmm.
1: What's really cool here is they're about to pit too. So when he takes this lead, um, they're talking about their pitting, uh, what's going to be miles, uh, pit calls red, green, whatever, whatever that ends up being. At lap 156, they move to the low lane um because they're out far enough ahead of everybody and then um at uh 160 the low lane in the top 15 are single file so they're all lined up knowing they're about to pit at lap 161 Uh, they do right side tires and fuel he leads that whole group off of pit road so they they did a good job coming down pit road being in front of everybody no penalties for them unfortunately this is where it all starts to hurt hurt ryan in the long run the six car and the four car both have penalties and this kills them because this couple forwards that if they were around at the end, probably would have been able to, to help him. Uh lap 164, Ryan re- reassumes, uh, resumes the lead. Um the six is still up in there, but he has to serve his penalty. <laughs> and then he's got the one, the 43, and the 38 behind him. Um, 165 is trying to cover both the lanes. The lap 170, the high lane, the top five um are ahead of the low lane. The low lane is led by the 43, which then surges ahead here. Um, and this is, they start talking about the fuel things here. Um, Miles says to turn the alternator off, uh, save when you can, unfortunately you're in front. So you really can't save at all. Um, and they tell him at this point though, that he's right on the number on fuel, um, which, you know, if there's a green weight checker at that point, you know, yeah, uh, not good, but um lap, lot- 176 uh, the lap traffic gets in the way and it's really dicey there because a couple of the cars going to go high then they get to the next group and they are they going to go low um, and it hurts them at the, because at lap 180 there the low lane is led by the 43 taking the lead and the 43 blocks Ryan at this point and then at lap 182 we get the caution for the 16 and um, we're good on fuel at this point
0: yeah, it helped. It definitely helped the fuel situation because I think it was going to get really tight here. One thing that I thought was weird, and I heard this multiple times post-race, and not that it's that big of a deal, um, but obviously you're going to be paying attention close enough to present this is the fact that they did take two tires on that last stop. And I kept hearing people reporting that they did feel only on the final stop. And I'm like, no, they, they took two tires. Two a tires. lot of people took two tires. So yeah. it was just a little, a little weird thing, but cause initially I'm like, Oh, maybe that's why they're so close on fuel. And it's like, no, they, they did take the time to take, to take the tires, So it wasn't just a splash, a splash and go, but it was a weird, I mean, I kind of chase Elliott, you know, in the end says that this caution actually helped calm everybody down. Mm-hmm. that he thought that he felt a wreck was coming. I mean, almost all race, Ryan felt a crash was coming. So I was kind of split on my thoughts on, um, not, not why they called the caution. I think they kind of had to with the way uh, these guys tend to crash coming to the checkered flag, that 16 car sitting there at the end of pit road wasn't going to be in a good spot. Um, so I understand that, but I was split on whether I thought it was better or worse for it to come out uh, for Ryan in, in this position. You
1: know, I got the 43, then the 12 here at that caution. Um, so where the nine is actually
0: back further. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's third in the line behind the 34. So it's the 43 and the, with the one pushing him, Ryan gets the, uh, the low lane with the 34 behind him, which, which is good because you got the only four there, but in that first lap, after the green, white checker, the nine car
0: <laughs> scoots up
1: and gets all the way around to the outside because the 34 does a great job of pushing Ryan out. But like I said, within that first lap of the green-white checkered, um, the nine car gets around those other guys, and then he gets himself hooked up with the 43 behind him.
0: Yeah, I think part and- of it was, you know, Ryan in the 34, 34 did get a pretty big run, which caused a gap, and the outside lane hung back a little bit. Just enough, just enough for yeah. the nine to punch it. Yeah. Um, so.
1: And, and then, okay, so we get to these scenarios now, and, and I'm sure everybody is just, you know, and Ryan has probably played yep, them out 10 deal. times. Um, okay. So first thing is it's green, white checkered. So you have to get to the white flag before you really do anything dicey, because if you cause a crash before the white flag, then you're going to have to re-rack them and do it again. And hopefully you didn't get any damage in it. Um, so you got to maximize your best finish. You want to at least wait till the white flag to your, you know, so that if a caution does happen at that point, the field will be, you know, at the point of the caution. And, you know, hopefully you're out front, but that happens like Daytona last year. Um, So this whole thing about blocking, blocking, blocking um, that the TV kept doing. Well, if you look at the replay, they had not taken the white flag yet. They were not at the start finish line at a point where he could have blocked him. Secondly, this whole thing. And once again, about blocking, 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 talking with uh, with Josh today, just a quick message or two. And it's the same thing that Ryan said on the post-race. It's the same thing. Um, if he does try to pull from the low lane to block the high lane, there was only one Ford behind him at that point. And if he couldn't pull that Ford with him, which he couldn't, uh, the Chevys were just going to go out and around him. Yep. And, and including the 11 was pushing the 34 by that point, And the 11 would have probably pushed the 43 up the the or 34. I'm sorry. in that low lane past him also. So they probably would have finished somewhere between sixth and 10th. If they would try to pull that move off. So the best option is exactly what he did. He had no choice. And like you said, he couldn't trust chase. <laughs> I, I trust chase, but I don't trust him that much is what he said in the, in the post race. Right. Yep. And, 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 you know, coming around the final lap, the 34 does do a decent job pushing them. A couple points, they're almost there. They almost got the run they need. Now you get out of turn four, and it's how it organized is your line versus how organized is that the other line? How many guys back off? Because the big thing now is to back off, try to gather up the guy behind you, and maybe you can push out and around somebody. So, like I said, behind the 34 is the 11 car, and, and before they get to the dog leg, there, he's backed off
0: which he and, know. he's an excellent you know he's an expert you know multi, multi-time multi daytona winner he's won talladega yeah. so he knew what he's doing he's trying to set himself up he's it wasn't necessarily up. the best thing for the line right. which he's not worried about the line he doesn't care
1: and in the high line just the just something different happened with the 43 pushing the nine and the one was pushing the 43 and probably only a difference of maybe a hundred or two hundred or maybe even three hundred yards difference, but in the next couple hundred yards from that dog leg on, the one car was still pushing at that point before he decides to bail. Okay, so at the point he pushed them, he pushed the nine way out there. Yep, not the forty-three because if you watch, Ryan slides over at that point. To try and go around the nine on the other side, he actually gets in front of the forty three. Yep. Now the forty three dives low because the forty three doesn't want to try and push Ryan up there at that nope. point. But, but man, if he to, did, oh, what happened? <laughs> man, so if he crazy. did, yeah. but
0: they don't have the the best so, of relationships.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, but he's <laughs> and he's a Chevy too. Yeah. So that's a, Once again, Chevy's not you know not going to help him. So all those combination of things happen, but yet he does. Ryan does a pretty good job of getting himself to where you can almost side draft, uh, to, to chase. And if they had another hundred yards, (laughs) he would have passed him. Um, he gets within a half a car length at the start finish line for the second place finish. So, uh, like I said, once again, overall playoff racing, great points day. Yeah. It kind of takes the wind out of your sails because you led so many laps. You led so many laps going into that ending and, uh, you know, Led the laps going into the ending, uh, you won a stage, and you're the best driver out there for Super Speedway racing, and you proved it again. Really, um, just didn't get the victory to go with it. Um, but, and I
0: think uh, I'd already accepted it pretty quickly. I actually accepted it at the white flag because mm-hmm. they were. I mean, did he have the outright lead or are they side by side? I can't remember, but I think he might have had the out, the outright lead or really close to it. Yeah, and I was like, man, you know, the guy that's up front at the white flag almost unless there's a crash behind mm-hmm. and the caution comes out that like Daytona almost never wins. Yeah. So I was like, all right, at that point, I was just hoping he'd get a top five because I'm like, everyone's going to split them or something weird's going to happen. And you have a long time to think about scenarios as they're coming around Daytona- or at Talladega. So, yeah. but then when he got so close, I, I was back in it again and then yeah, immediately deflated, but the, the, the realization
1: the realization of there not being enough Fords up there in that top five or six or seven or eight things is 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 there is really where a lot of it changes and happens because, and I'm not saying those Fords had to be all in line either, no. But if but if one or two more guys were in that pack, and when other guys bailed, they all of a sudden shot the gap. Maybe they were the guy that Ryan could have hooked up with, you know, so that he could have tried to block and then take that push um one of the examples is the 20 at the 22 car um you know he discussed ahead of time how he thought these races always went and ended up crashing at the end and then guys get a finish that they don't necessarily deserve or whatever and he ends up moving to the back thinking that that's what's going to happen and he ends up not getting a very good finish i think it was
0: 27th or something like that yeah
1: yeah and um now mind you if the crash happens and he gains 10 spots and then again, another restart. Now he's now all of a sudden he's up a little further and yeah, it's a smart move and he would have maximized some more points, but it didn't happen. They did kind of race really well. And that was the, the cool part of the whole day is that we didn't see, you had the anticipation that the big one could happen because it could happen at any minute. Anything could happen. One guy gets swirly in front of a bunch of other guys and bad things could happen. But the reality is, is they were able to race that whole race without it happening and and that's what really made it a good race
0: one thing to remember with the 22 cars that he's ended up on his lid a couple of times Mm -hmm. at at these style of races most recently last year so i can see why he's a little bit more timid he's won a couple of talladega too so he knows how to win and obviously he knows how to try to avoid things so he's trying to race smart but yeah i was going to ask your opinion on the fact that um so the truck race didn't went like most truck races are just complete carnage at the end Mm -hmm. Um, but the xfinity series every car entered finished the race which i think it was the first time and i forget what the stat was 600 or 900 i don't remember what it was it might have been that might not be that many but it was a lot um so the fact that the xfinity race and then the cup race the cup race had very minimal i think it was only a handful maybe four or five guys Mm -hmm. uh, that were multiple multiple laps down or you know, I think it was two that DNF really early on. So thoughts on the fact that we can have a pretty decent super speedway race without just junking the field, coming to the, the checker flag. Yeah. T-
1: t- two things, you know, uh, uh, like I said, when Ryan bailed out there, things calmed down and that was probably a good thing. He, he, not that his bailing out is what caused it, but it seemed like that's what happened. Like everybody was like, Oh, maybe we should back down a little bit. So they raced each other with some respect and the skill level was pretty good in the two races where those guys did a good job of, uh, uh of not, um, you know, making a mistake, you know, the mistakes didn't happen. Uh, and it's kind of hard to do when you, you know, we got guys pushing you and hitting you and bumping you and, and, you know, certain, certain cars don't line up with other cars very well by manufacturer, you know, so, Yeah, it ended up being really, really uh, good, clean racing and uh, good, exciting racing. And and the finish, it was really nice to see. It was really nice to see that kind of finish where there wasn't carnage, where it didn't have to slam somebody into the wall to get by somebody at the end. You know, uh, chase does kind of come across Ryan a little bit, but Ryan doesn't back out of it either. At that point, um, you know, Ryan's, you know, at that point, he doesn't care who's in front of him, you know? Uh, and he had, like I said, he had enough momentum where he made it within a half a car length
0: uh, at the start finish line. So, so I know we talked a little bit about it at the top of the show, because I think we're just excited about the finish and the position the 12 team mm-hmm. is in going into the Roval. But let's bring up your, uh, your weekly uh, playoff board that playoff you guys board, have been, yeah. pu- you've been putting together. And uh, let's give everyone an update on, on the point standings and uh, where everybody's at, where the cut lines at, who's, uh, who's above, who's below, who's looking good. Uh, with one race left at the roval where you know lots of exciting action and finishes have happened there over the years specifically uh the first the inaugural one
1: yeah so uh i i don't know where i found this one thing but uh you know chase elliott scores over on the day 58 points um you know his stage win and then his his win ryan scores 45 points and that's with no stage points in the second stage and he's the second best point guy on the day you know so um this this once again puts, you know, of course, now on our new playoff board, we put a W up there um for the nine car uh, because the win puts him into the next round no matter what. His actual point total though right now is 3103 and Ryan's is 3101. So Ryan really was, was right there in the in those points if they was, you know, if those really matter at this point.
0: If the nine but, doesn't win this race, Ryan's probably leading the points.
1: Mm-hmm. So um the uh 32 points to that cut line right now like we were discussing earlier uh any combination of what was it 23 points yeah is what we and in the next you know two stages and the finish of the race yeah. and that's not including anything happens to anybody else that's below that cut line so because if those guys don't get stage points or they're trying to race for the victory and, and so forth um You know, he's going to gain more position on him. So, like I said, one good finish at the first stage, the right combinations of three or four guys falling below and not getting any points. uh, You know, so we got the 20, uh, the uh, one car is 28 above that cut line. The 11 is 21 above the cut line. The uh, 22, even though he had the bad finish, still 18 points above the cut line. Now, he was higher up coming into the week, but. He's still in solid position. The five car, same thing, eighteen points above the cut line. Uh, the ninety nine, who's a good road course racer, is twelve points above the cut line. So all these guys are in pretty decent shape, uh, as long as they don't have some sort of incident or they get in a wreck or uh, lose a lap or two and and, and lose a lot of uh, position. Um, now we get down to the cut line itself and. Uh, They've got one car above it and one car below it, but they're both at zero on the on that cut line. The same amount of points at thirty sixty nine. That's the fourteen and the two. Uh, so that's based on their finish, best finish best in finish. the round so far. Yep. Um, so the fourteens had a better finish at some point than the two car. Um, interesting thing right below that is the twenty four car whose appeal comes up uh, on Thursday, Thursday. Now. and they're eleven points below that cut line. And if they were to adjust this. Um,
0: gets he'll have he'll be plus 14 yeah if he gets his 25 points back so
1: right or if they even if they do it halfway or something okay it would put him up above so it doesn't hurt or change the standings for anybody else that's above the cut line because it's still going to be two guys that are tied they'll just be tied below the cut line you know and and you'll be you know that many points away from them still so can this happen? Will it happen? I don't think so. I think they're not going to mess with it. I think that they, even though all the commentators and they're all mainly race car drivers, were like, oh, the points thing is too much and it's too much of a point. Heck with that. Heck with it because you needed to make a stand and you needed to make a statement because down the line, you could have guys circumventing the rules having guys wreck guys and not because if they didn't get penalized points, no big deal because it helps me get to the next round and that guy's out, you know? So you had to make an example of them and this is the best way to do it. No offense to William, but you know,
0: plus you got to remember the fact that the 11 and 24 were up, you know, pretty far up in that race at Texas. They were in contention for a win. The 20 or the 11 was very fast. Mm-hmm. and he gets sent all the way to the back he actually i think probably picked up a little bit of splitter damage mm-hmm. from going through the grass yep and i think i think he did race his way back up to a top 10 mm-hmm. uh, but so you have to take that into account he did you know it, he did um he did mess with the 11 cars race here and potentially i mean you know it's a lot of what ifs but potentially affected how many points he was going to earn in that race so yeah the only thing i could see maybe happening is maybe they take away the points penalty and just blast them with a money uh, even higher money fine because that's the one weird thing about this appeals It's not weird the interesting thing about this appeals process is you can you can appeal and actually come out with a worse penalty than you had going in yeah that's Uh, the
1: funny part is the rule book the way it reads is the minimum that they could have that they should or minimum they were allowed to charge them is 25 points the maximum is 50 yeah they could really go well you know what We're mad about what we had to do here. Let's make it 50, you know, not that they will, but, um, you've the 20 car is 33 points below that cut line. And then the 48 with his unfortunate circumstances is 54 below. Now, um, that 50, that, uh, 48 car, we don't know. This is, we're recording Monday. Um, I'm sure if you play the podcast Tuesday or Wednesday, you may not know until Thursday or Friday, whether or not he's actually going to race, um, the concussions are totally serious, serious situation, um, as, as we know through what Dale, uh, junior went through, and then to, to even what Dave went through because of the, you know, what we've learned this year, um, from, uh, UPMC and, and their sports medicine people, uh, it, it's not, not something that can go away overnight. Um, it's not something that, uh, you know, there's a time frame behind where, you know, Oh, in three or four days, you'll be okay. Or in a week, you'll be okay. Obviously, something affected him enough to tell people that he wasn't feeling right, um, last week. So, uh, hopefully like we did with Kurt, hopefully his health is going to be okay. Hopefully in the long run, um, you know, he'll be back. Uh, would, would, would we love for him to be back this week? Sure. Because you really want him to have a fighting chance or at least have a chance to maybe win the race and pull himself out of that hole. Um, but if not, you know, hopefully they'd make the best decision for his, uh, his health or anything else. Um, but those two guys, you know, if he does race the 20 and the 48 need to win, <laughs> you know, that far below the cut line, you know, I can see the, uh, the two car points racing, um, especially if he's racing in and around the 14 all day long. Um, but the, the Roval is one of those races where, uh, you know, the road course guys, I'll, I'll, start to come to, uh, to the front. And once again, the strategy this week is going to be crazy because it's, do we race for points? Do we race for the win? Um, you know, if we do, you know, that's a whole thing about, about racing it backwards where you pit before the end of some of the stages and try to get yourself positioned position for green flag stops, uh, later in the race. Um, uh, when Ryan won the race a couple of years ago, they were, they were racing for points. They were worried about points at the end of the round there and, uh, trying to stay ahead of certain guys. And they did a great job of it to the point where in the third stage, not only they raced for points, but he was racing so well, he raced himself up into third position. And at that point they, you know, Jeremy was on the, on there, tell him, Hey, you know, just, you know, make sure nothing happens, make sure we don't spin out, make sure we don't lose positions, but if yep. we, we finish anywhere near here, we're in good shape. And, uh, so he wasn't pushing it, trying to get to the two guys in front of him. And then those two guys decided to have some fun right there, right before the start finish line. And, uh, my wife and I got a great treat by being there that day. (laughs) (laughs) Our first win, win that we got to see everyone's in in person. There's Um, a lot of,
0: um there's a lot of looking at your board that we had up. There's a lot of dangerous guys in the playoffs Mm -hmm. here that can win the most dangerous, probably being chase Elliott because he's locked in no matter what. Uh, Mm -hmm. So he needs, he wants to go out there, probably pick up, you know, five more. Well, if he wins, yeah, yeah, five five more, more playoff points. And he doesn't necessarily need to worry about stage points at all, unless he's in position to maybe again to pick up a playoff point by winning a stage. You have the, the, the 99, won on a road course already this year at Sonoma mm-hmm. the 14 that nearly won uh Indy uh, a couple years ago before taking out the 11 and he's also been up front several other road course races and I think he's won some Xfinity series the two car obviously uh people like to talk about that a lot that you know his development in NASCAR was a little bit stunted due to the fact that he came up through road, coursing, road course racing originally mm-hmm. and was amazing at it in the Xfinity series and you mentioned the twenty car being in a must win. The twenty car picked up his first ever victory at the Daytona Road Course. So, there's a lot of guys with and, road course wins. The one car's there too. he's picked up, you know, the win at Coda. Uh-huh. Uh, Eleven historically has been great there, but the Toyos have been bad. The five was great at road courses last year. It's pretty much telling you that if you're going to be an elite driver in NASCAR, you have to be good at road courses, road and courses. that's where we're and, at.
1: And and. Um... You know, I saw somebody post something about, we're not sure that the, you know, the 12 team would be very fast on the road course and so on and so forth. But I was thinking, um, about Indy and what they did, their strategy. If the tires are pretty much the same as what they brought to Indy uh, for, for Goodyear, um, they may race long. In other words, go all the way through a fuel cycle or two, try to try to race the race with one less pit stop or whatever that, you know, or a green flag, uh, fuel only stop like they did at Indy. And truthfully, the Indy situation, uh, except for what happened on the last lap or two, where he got spun out, uh, it worked really, really well. They were up in the top four, top five. And truthfully, there was a sputter on pit road that if they didn't do, they may have come out in front. And if they come out in front and control the restarts, who knows what would have happened that day. But like I said, once again, that strategy was, people were like, what are they doing? But then in the long run, it was perfect strategy. They were right out in the, in the top five, um, ex- except for when, you know, people decide to spin each other out. So uh, look for that kind of stuff this weekend, too, whether it's the 12 team or, or the two team or, or whatnot, you know, um, they may be on some sim- similar type strategies where they Race long at the end. Go ahead and take the stage points, and then don't even pit during the stage break. Stay back out there. Pit during uh, during green flag pitting between the first and second stage. Uh, So watch for some things like that happening too amongst the playoff drivers to try to get extra
0: points. So I can see where this idea of them being not having winning speed—it's coming from the fact that they were not great at Watkins Glen. But Watkins Glen is a totally different beast than the Indy Road Course and the roval yeah the roval has elevation change in the fact that you're gonna to have to go up into the banking and down the banking but the rest of that track is very similar uh in elevation to the indy road course which is you know basically nothing so i would assume you know if they were fast at indy they're going to be fast at the roval watkins Glen is a, is a totally different beast and yeah they they're off on the setup that day so i don't there's nothing that leads me to believe that the 12 won't be in contention you know top 10 top five at least How-
1: how did they, how did they qualify, uh,
0: at the, uh, at Texas earlier this year? Oh, and Dakota. Yeah. So Dakota,
1: yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they, they have a pole. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The guy definitely knows how to drive road courses, you know? So, yeah. And, and, and the thing about the Roval that is totally different than, than all those tracks is that you're, um, part of, part of the, of the lap is three quarters on the, of, of a lap on the track. Yep. Uh, up through up through one and two, down the chicane on the back at the end of the back stretch, but then three and four also to to you heavy braking zone. Uh, so, you know, a lot of the cars with good speed on uh, on the mile and a half actually show up there too.
0: Um, so we've been talking about the Roval. We, we've transitioned from our points discussion into a Roval discussion. So if you want to catch this race, it's this Sunday, the Bake of America Roval 400, Sunday, October 9th at Charlotte Motor Speedway. You can catch the race at 2 p.m. Eastern time on NBC, PRN, Sirius XM, NASCAR Radio. Worth mentioning that all the races through the championship race at Phoenix are all going to be on the big network of NBC. So we should expect some really good ratings through the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um Ryan's statistics at the Robles specifically, obviously we mentioned his victory there in the inaugural race in 2018. Uh, the 12 car has never finished outside the top 10 in four races at Charlotte, one win, two top fives, four top tens, an average start of 12th, an average finish of 5.8. Uh, he's led laps in three of the four races with the most laps led coming in that very first race of 16. Uh, he led 10 laps here last year uh, when they visited, uh, Charlotte uh, for a second time. So, or for the fourth time. So as I said, you know, a lot of guys in that, in that top 12 in points that are battling to get into the top eight are all dangerous and they Mm -hmm. all could uh, go out and win this race. And I think the 12 was definitely one of them.
1: Good. Uh, new paint scheme this week. Uh, uh, pointing to it on those that's ones. true <laughs> <laughs> uh the uh, discount tire on the car this week which is really really cool i saw um somebody posted yeah. last week on discord um that the 12 12 uh is that the 22 one you have there. yeah, yeah. i was gonna say we got some good it's history 22. the kentucky yeah.
0: win and i think you won others in the in this game too so. yeah
1: so uh the somebody posted on discord uh the the 12 uh discount tire paint scheme that they're uh one of the um diecast manufacturers has out there now, or they're going to be selling soon. So uh, I didn't really realize that they were going to do a discount tire 12 car this year. Um, so really, really cool. They've been a great sponsor, uh, you know, through, uh, the, uh, Xfinity and now, you know, we've seen them on the two car a couple of yeah. times this year, but, uh, to see them on the 12 car, that's going to be pretty awesome. I think, I think all the sponsors of Penske are fighting, fighting to get on the 12 car somehow. <laughs>
0: No, definitely has been uh, attracting a a lot of attention. And, hey, that's where that, you know, he signed a, you know, a multi-year long-term extension with Penske uh, a couple months ago too. So, um, again, everyone's excited. Uh, I know there were some folks after the way the – Uh, And if anyone's been following race for the championship this past week's episode focused on uh, the Coca-Cola 600, Mm -hmm. and it reminded me, outside of what happened to Ryan, it reminded me that that was one of the best races of the year. Mm -hmm. And immediately, people were saying, "Let's scrap the Roval. Let's, you know, we." They went to the Roval because the races at Charlotte were getting boring, specifically that 400-mile race they would do in the fall. Um, so they came up with the roval to do something different, making it exciting. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm a fan you've, you've attended it once, obviously it mm-hmm. went great for you. I attended the race last year. Ryan finished in the top 10. Um, I think it's fun. I think it's worth it. I think it, it adds diversity, uh, especially to that area. The fact that, you know, that Charlotte, Virginia, South Carolina area, you know, tons of NASCAR tracks in that area, all of them ovals, uh, why not, you know, have a road course smack dab in the middle of that. So, um, that's my thoughts on that, on that, at least. Yeah.
1: You know, when the, when the, when the schedule in the last couple of years morphed into the schedule that it is now, um, the older fans, you know, don't want road courses, but those of us who watch other forms of racing too, you realize that road courses are uh, a good test of a driver, you know, and for these guys to adapt so quickly, you know, back in the day, it used to be Boris said would come in and, and maybe one or two other guys. uh, uh, Michael McDowell was actually one of them at one point when he, early in his career, um, they would come in and they would do really well at the two races they had every year. And then, you know, then, you know, the other guys would, would dominate the rest of the races. But now by doing this, you're seeing that, Uh, out of 36 guys every week about 25 to 30 of them have gotten good at it because why because you do more work on it you do more simulation you do more testing you and you run them year after year and you learn where breaking points are you learn about certain types of shifting or how to do certain things under braking or you know all those things and this year's car is more made for road courses too so i really to me really like it i really like watching a guy and a guy make a mistake and then make up for it. Um, we saw Ryan race at mid Ohio, uh, years and years ago in the Xfinity series. And, uh, at one point he s- slipped and fell right off the track basically. And then the next two laps gained 20 spots back, you know? Um, so, you know, the, the, the road courses aren't going anywhere. And the Roval is a great creation because it gives you that combination of it's a road course. Oh yeah, and by the way, we're going to use the track parts of the track too, and we're going to get it back up to 160 miles an hour down the back stretch, you know, and then we're going to break hard coming into the front stretch. So, yeah, you know, and and the things that have happened in the first four years there are crazy, you know, uh, Chase Elliott going into into the bear into the thing into the wall yeah. there at one point, and uh, was it Brad? Uh, on the one yeah, brad let,
0: school, everybody into the, let everybody into the wall
1: at one point you know ryan somehow squeezed around that you know or in and through that so yeah just great great stuff you know and then they got cars going off the track and hitting the banner signs and carrying banner signs around with them for a lap and just <laughs> you, you never know what you're going to see that's that's the i think the most fun part about it there and uh the facility itself is a great facility to see a race anyway so Uh, there's really not a real bad seat there for, for even for this event because of the way that they've set that track up. So, um, can't wait to see it. Can't wait to hear, uh, you know, hear Josh this weekend calling it. And, uh, like I said, the end of the first stage, get a good number of points, hopefully and have other guys not get the points they needed and have that buffer to the line and then maybe race for the win at the end.
0: So again, if you want to tune into this race, the bank of America Roval 400, this Sunday, October 9th, Charlotte motor speedway. 2 p.m. Eastern time on NBC, PRN, SiriusXM XM, NASCAR radio. You can also catch practice starting at noon on Saturday.
1: Yeah. It's another one of those, uh, the first half hour is on only on NBC sports app or Peacock. And then at 1230, it joins uh, USA. So um, get your streaming services
0: ready on Saturday. So let's jump into our recap of the team Blaney NASCAR fantasy live league. And, uh, complete and utter disaster for me <laughs> in this race whoops and um, and I, I set my lineup. so it wasn't even a forgetting my lineup situation um, but I usually and I don't I don't think I even went out of the box here. it's just I didn't go out of the box and just got completely destroyed. So um, I did have two guys in there that did get me a ton of points and then I had three that did not, And honestly, the the guy in my garage wouldn't have helped. So I started Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Eric Almirola, William Byron, Eric Jones. Uh, The two out of the five there that got me the most points were Hamlin with 41, Eric Jones with 38. So that was looking good. Logano 16, Almirola 23, Byron 25. Uh, The biggest thing was that most of them... Uh, got me little to no stage points. <laughs> uh, so I think even after that, that first stage, uh, nobody had gotten me any stage points. Um, I had Austin Dillon in the garage. He only ended up scoring 24. So maybe I could have swapped him in for Logano, but I thought Joey hanging back all race was going to get to the front with the two and the 12 at some point And do what they normally do but that just never happened um other disaster came in my featured matchup picks here which usually if you have a bad lineup you can at least add some points back in here i picked austin Dillon over reddick uh that's the only one i believe that i got right out of all of them i picked william byron over hamlin that was wrong i picked noah gregson over christopher bell that was wrong and uh, just barely and i picked busher over bubba also wrong uh, so even though um of those hamlin was the highest or yeah uh no byron was the highest finishing one but he still lost me in that matchup too so i only got one of the featured matchups and my starting lineup was kind of a dud so uh who did you have going into uh, this race at talladega um we had denny uh
1: kyle larson uh chase elliott christopher bell and ryan
0: so and things first, went really well for you
1: yeah i had the first and second place uh you know guys and then uh, denny was good for 41 points there um uh, bell and uh, larson and eh, not as much bell was only worth 20 points larson was worth 30 uh my matchups i had uh i had reddick over dylan that did not work i had denny over william um i had uh noah over christopher i don't know why but i thought Noah in the 48 would you know especially race. Recent- okay racing for owners points. They were going to do well, but uh, it just didn't happen. I had Bubba up over Chris Busher. So um, overall, not too bad. Um, uh, there were a couple that were better, but um, yeah, not too bad. Let's uh, talk about the standings.
0: So let's take a look at the uh, top 10 in points earned this past week at Talladega Super Speedway in the team-playing NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Just going to throw it out there that I finished uh, 48 with 153 total points. So um, now let's go up to the 10th position. Alyssa C, 208 points. Ninth, the Dalai Lama 4, 212. Eighth, here's your team. Mez 12, 214. Uh, seventh, Moose Hunter 1960, 217. Six, Penske fan 24, 218. We've got a tie here for fourth. Joe Lopez one and Cheesehead fan, 222. Third, two Bushes, No Johnson, who's come on real strong in the late stages of the season, 225. Cole uh, second, with 230 points. In winning this past week in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League at Talladega is TJH3, 235 points. Um, that's a new name. Uh, so, congratulations to them for picking up the race win in the Fantasy League. Um, let's take a look at the playoff standings. Um, we'll run through. So, we actually have a three way tie for eighth here. So, that's kind of where we're going to start things. So, we have Joe Lopez 1, Frygal 12, and Go 12 Go, all with 1,018 points in eighth. Uh, moose hunter 1960 and seventh with 1021 uh in fifth a tie for fifth we have blaney's daisy and jd racing at 1027 uh fourth bulldog 0277 1030 uh the fitting champ Clyde's chicken pit racing in third with 1038 uh it's really tight here second and third Alyssa c 1040 so just two ahead there uh, then there's a little bit of gap here to the first position with Moose sixteen sixteen with 1,082 points. So Moose sixteen sixteen in the lead for now and the playoff standings for the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Um, now let's take a look at the overall standings. Myself holding down the 27th position with 5,420 points. Uh, Steve, you're crawling back a little bit from where you were. I think up out of the 20s, you're in 17th now uh mez 12 with 5,581 now uh for the important stats here the top 10 in the overall standings right now in the fantasy league in 10th two bushes no johnsons 5,688 uh blaney kicks beep in ninth with 5708 eighth factory of sadness with 5742 seventh the dalai lama four 5750 6 Eric D15 5760 5th Mom 4 who was strong all year slipped a little bit recently 5774 and 4th Moose Hunter 1960 5808 3rd JD Racing 5825 2nd Frygal 12 5871 and then coming on strong now the defending champion Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing has taken the lead recently in the overall standings 5,908 points for our leader in the team, Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League overall points. Um, I'm trying to see if you have a shot here. 5,581 in 17th. And the top 10 to get to 10th, it's 5,688. So I don't think it's out of the realm you kind of pick up a hundred little over a hundred points here i think you could i think you could still rally and get to a top 10 in the the overall standings you're doing well in it's, the playoff standings it's
1: 20 it's 20 a week and then you got to climb over seven or eight people to get there so it's sketchy <laughs> at best i mean it would take some really really good weeks but uh you know it's still a goal something to work at so i keep trying uh now this we... week should be interesting you know this week's uh picks are just you know, road course, road course, road course guys.
0: Take a look Stop. at your top 12 as we just said take a look at the top 12 in the standings and I think you could start any of those guys.
1: Yeah I mean you're, you're looking at um, really looking hard at guys who need to win um, because on the one hand you know you want to have that winner but on the other hand guys who are racing for the stage points might score more points for you during the day, you know. Let's say Ryan races for stage points at both stages and finishes eighth and or finishes second and third, you know, and gains like forty points. Yeah, almost you know thirty or forty points there, you know, but by, by the end of the day, so, um, yeah, it's get, that's what makes the road courses so crazy, is because you you know are you and, and especially because of this round of the playoffs, you know. um the two car, I, I think the two cars, the guy, I think he really is. I think he makes life
0: um, at Penske pretty good for the week. Tell you what, I'm in very impressed with what uh, Sindrick and Jeremy Jeremy Bullens have done here, uh, surviving each one of these rounds. Mm-hmm. And I would not be shocked at all if they find a way uh, to get their way into, into this. I can tell you, uh, I'm definitely going to start Chase Elliott this week. Uh, he's got nothing to lose. Maybe he doesn't get all the points because he might not go for stage points, but he could pick up a victory. i mm-hmm. um, probably going to start Ryan um, have my eye on uh, the one car in the 99 and um, we'll see. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll add the two into my lineup or the two in the garage, mm-hmm. but the 14, the 14 is another one that I think if he can just calm down at the end of a race and not make, he's, he's made a lot of mistakes, yeah. you know, right at the end of a race that he's run up front. He does have a victory this year. So that's something we can't say. But mm-hmm. um I think it's a possibility that the 14 could also put himself into a pretty decent position at the Roval.
1: Yeah. Stay um stay away from the Toyotas. <laughs> Although, like I said, this this track is totally different than all the other road courses because that those cars are going to go up onto the track and, and get it up to speed. And, and hopefully by the end of turn two, you're up you know almost no full speed there. So you could see cars like uh you can see the eleven car up there. You really could.
0: All right, Steve. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up for this week's episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. I do want to say good luck to Miles Stanley again in his second outing as crew chief of the twelve car. Also to the new uh, the rear tire changer and Jackman because uh, while Talladega everybody did great, everybody executed. The pressure is on at the Roval and the next two races. So uh, good luck to them. want to thank everybody else for tuning into this episode of the Team Blaney podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, please listen to our very first episode from last year that dives deep into how we became fans of the Blaney racing family. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at Team Blaney and on Instagram at team.blaney. Finally, we want to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. This organization championed by Ryan and his family supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine. Find out more about the foundation online at RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or on any of their active social media channels. Um, We are in the month of October now, Steve, Mm -hmm. and uh, we do have a video posted on YouTube, right?
1: Yeah, you posted the video uh, that we did with the interview with Leah. Um, talking about the upcoming, uh, team Blaney walks that they're having at one at Watkins Glen and one at, uh, in Charlotte there in the next couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, go on to the Alzheimer's website for their, for their walks. And, uh, you type in Blaney and those two can come up, you can join, you can go to the walks themselves, or you can just join monetarily, um, donate, uh, get your, uh, get your name up on the website there. Uh, so like I said, head to the YouTube, uh, the team Blaney YouTube page, it's posted there. And uh, like I said, keep checking with their, Oh, and their store is open now too. Uh, the, uh, the Ryan Blaney family foundation has reopened their online store. So all their items are up there that you can go ahead and buy again and uh, you know, get yourself some uh, nice merchandise there, something in purple. And,
0: the, uh, uh, the other th- cool thing that they announced this week too, involves the walk that's happening in Charlotte on October 22nd. The first 50 people who joined team Blaney, for the Charlotte uh, Walk to End Alzheimer's. And they fundraise a minimum of of $100 and walk with them on October 22nd are going to be invited to a brunch that's going to happen after that walk. So you can sign up for this walk again at act.alz.org, search for Team Blaney. Um, So go ahead and sign up for that. If you raise a hundred dollars, you're going to be invited to a brunch out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously no guarantees on who's going to be at that brunch, uh, but it is just kind of a, probably a cool place where you can maybe join some other Blaney fans. Plus you're supporting uh, one of the foundation's biggest efforts and that's the Alzheimer's Association. Yeah.
1: So, you know, this week, the scenario continues.
0: If Ryan's going to ruin it, let him ruin it in the next round of the
1: playoffs. (laughs) Okay. Well, you can ruin it, ruin it at Vegas or at Homestead if he wants. But this week, the scenario continues. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this weekend's race because, you know, we're in good position here. Uh, It's actually going to be a happy
0: week. Or let's just go get that W. Uh, So for my co-host, Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night,
1: Brussels. Good night, Dublin.